Hey, how you doing? This is Craig back from StopDrinkingExpert.com, the website that helps people just like you to quit drinking. Uh, if you are one of those people that's worried about your alcohol consumption, do not be one of those dirty voyeurs and just sit on the sidelines saying, tomorrow I'll deal with this. Do it now. Go to the website, StopDrinkingExpert.com and sign up for today's free quit drinking webinar. I will give you a copy of my best-selling book, Alcohol Lied to Me, as a gift just for turning up. All right. Today, how do you socialize without alcohol? Um, it's a big question. We've talked about it before, but there's absolutely no harm in talking about it again. Uh, and the reason I do want to talk about it today is I had an email of someone who's doing the course at StopDrinkingExpert.com. This is from Jennifer. Email says, help. It's short and to the point, but it's a big question and it's important to a lot of people. Uh, I need guidance. I'm on lesson eight. I was abstaining from alcohol, and then we went to the CMA, uh, which I think is the Country Music Awards, am I right? Uh, CMA Festival in Nashville yesterday, and I caved in. I'm now extremely depressed. How do I enjoy events without drinking Jennifer? Okay. Well, first of all, uh, I think this is just bad timing. Uh, it's not like the you're failing at Jennifer. This is this is either bad planning or bad timing or a combination of the both because you're eight days into sobriety. You're eight days into the course um, and you basically put yourself into a highly, uh, you know, highly charged situation where you're going to be very likely to be tempted to drink alcohol. So like I said, it's either bad timing or bad planning or both because... It, it, you know, we, we tend to put alcohol on a pedestal and, and think that it's this crazy powerful thing that's impossible to get off. It's not. It's not really. It's not any different to any other thing like, you know, starting a health routine, going on a diet. It, it's no different. It's still internal war to a certain extent. The battle is not with this all-powerful enemy. It's with yourself. Uh, you know, and if you just started a weight loss diet and eight days in, when your initial momentum has faded and you you know you're getting sick of eating salad all the time and you you know you're resenting the fact that just a few days ago you could eat anything you want to the quantity you want and now some invisible being is saying you you know restricting what you can eat and how often and all that sort of stuff if you then went on that eighth day and spent the entire day in a cake shop you'd probably end up eating cake wouldn't you so look don't be extremely depressed. Don't beat yourself up because it was kind of inevitable, really. That's why I say it's bad planning or, um, uh, you know, just bad timing. There's a very famous saying, and it's very apt. It says, if you don't want a haircut, don't hang around the barber shop because eventually you'll get a haircut. If you don't want to drink alcohol uh, in early sobriety, then don't go to the bars. Uh Really, kind of, you know, unless you were solid. If you'd asked me beforehand, Jennifer, Craig, it's the Country Music Awards, should I go? And you told me you were eight days into the course, you hadn't finished the course, and you were just a week sober, you were still in the kick from alcohol, which is about 14, 15 days. I would have said, look, uh, if you can skip it, skip it. Uh, if you can't skip it, Find a way to make it impossible for you to drink alcohol. Maybe you're the designated driver or uh, I don't know what it would take, but 
I would advise you to skip that. Now, if you'd been three months sober <clears throat> and you'd asked me and I'd said to you, well, okay, how do you feel about alcohol? And you'd assured me that not interested at all, Craig. I can watch people drink. I can buy people drink. I can be around alcohol. Don't feel a smidgen of an urge to drink. Then I would have said, okay, go. But I would have told you to approach it uh, slightly differently. I would have told you to approach it as a, as a kind of experiment. I would have sent you there with a mission to observe what alcohol does to intelligent people. Don't just go there feeling like you're missing out. Go there and watch what this drug does to people. Because what you should notice is you there should be a very short period of that sensation that you're missing out. It's about an hour, generally, in my experience. You go to a party, and if you have any sort of urge that you know to drink to, that you're missing out, it's going to last about an hour. After an hour of white-knuckling, if you have to, you're going to see enough evidence on display that alcohol is not something you want to make the rest of the evening go pleasantly. After an hour, you will start to see what this poison does to people. You'll see intelligent people who you respect starting to talk nonsense. You will listen to people who traditionally, very good orators, they can speak well. You will see them start to slur and lose words and stumble. If you leave it long enough, you will start to observe behavior that is highly inappropriate. People getting bawdy and lewd and saying things that are just rude and offensive and inappropriate. If you leave it long enough, you'll see people committing acts of uh, just embarrassment, letting themselves down. Uh, and, and so it goes. And the longer you stay at the party as a sober person, the more evidence you will gather that this is not a drug that creates fun. This is a drug that creates stupidity. The reason you laugh a lot when you're out drunk with your friends is not because it's hilarious. It's because your brain capacity has been reduced to that of a chimpanzee. Now, people falling over is the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. People stumbling and making mistakes is hilarious to you. Jokes that are so terrible that they could have been pulled out of a Christmas cracker are hilarious to your stupid brain. Alcohol doesn't create fun. It creates stupidity. That's the truth, all right? So let's just take a look at your email again here. Uh, I guess there are three parts to this. Firstly, don't beat yourself up. Don't be very depressed. It was kind of inevitable. You put yourself in a, a high-risk situation when you weren't ready for it. Um, you know, if you told me the story beforehand, in my head, I would have been thinking there's probably an 80% chance that she's going to drink alcohol if you described all the setup to this for me. Uh, so, look, put it in the past, dust yourself down, start the course again, uh, and just put it down as a learning experience, all right? That's point one. Um, <clears throat> let's deal with the second bit here. How do I enjoy events without drinking? Look, to drinkers, to problem drinkers, it appears that you can't have a good time without alcohol. And I get that. 
I'm not sitting on an ivory tower here saying, well, that's you know ridiculous for you to think that. I understand where that comes from because back at the height of my drinking, if you'd said to me, Craig, will you come to a party with me this weekend? I would have said yes. And then if you'd said to me, but there'll be no alcohol at it, I would have found an, ex an excuse. I would have made up an excuse. Oh, 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 this weekend, oh, it's the dog's birthday. I can't come. And then I probably would have slagged you off behind your back to my wife. I would have said, can you believe that so-and-so was having a party and they didn't even have any alcohol planned? I mean, how boring will that party be? Who would want to go to a party that tedious? Absolutely offended at the invitation. Disgusting. I've got better things to do with, with my time than go to boring parties like that. I would have put all of the blame on them. Terrible people having a party without alcohol. I would have put zero blame on me. But that's how blind you are when you're stuck with this, you know, alcohol loop. The truth is, of course, the problem was all with me. It's not that alcohol makes a party fun. It's that problem drinkers are miserable when they can't drink. They're like petulant children. They kick and they scream and they sulk and they moan and they complain and they make everyone else's life a misery. I know because I used to be that person. So it is not true that alcohol makes a party go with a swing. And we can prove that so easily. We don't need to put on any elaborate, you know, social experiment. We can just look at other cultures and other parts of the world. For example, Hindu weddings. Go to India, go to a Hindu wedding. This celebration lasts for like four, five days, nonstop, four, five days, dancing, feasting, celebrating, over the top, elaborate, outrageous parties that go on for four days with not one single drop of alcohol. So it is not true that you can't have a good time without alcohol. It's just true that a problem drinker in denial can't have fun without alcohol because it, they're miserable without their drug. That's the truth. So that's, that's the second part of this answer. The third part is this. Look, al you know, alcohol is, has become a part of your life. You've spent decades incorporating it into your life. It has dictated what is fun and what is not fun. In the same way that, you know, when I was, uh, you know, go back, what, 15, 20 years, you know, and my kids would say, Dad, let's go to the playground. And I would say, no, better idea. Let's go to the video shop, rent some videos, and have a movie day. Yay! Why did I say that? Because I can't stand in the park drinking alcohol while I'm looking after my kids. It's just not socially acceptable, is it? So I'd much rather manipulate my children so that we could do something that enabled my drinking rather than something that prevented it, right? That's the truth. So this drug has become ingrained in your life. It dominates everything. You, When you remove it, your life is going to have to change. There's no way around it. It has to. And what was once fun... It, there's a good chance we'll no longer be fun. And that means that maybe you're going to end up going to less parties. And that's okay. 
That's okay. You can mature as a person and party less. It's fine. And what you'll also find is you go to parties and you leave sooner. You'll leave, instead of leaving at two in the morning, you'll leave at 10 o'clock at night. You'll get to the point where you go, you know what? It's kind of boring now. Everyone's talking nonsense. People are falling over. Uh, I am actually tired. I think I want to go to bed. And you'll leave at 10 o'clock. And you'll wake up in the morning beautifully refreshed, full of energy, vitality, and ready for the day ahead. What's even better is if you meet up with people who stay till two in the morning drinking, and then you can feel super smug about yourself, right? So your life has to change to a certain extent, and that's not a bad thing. It's a bit uncomfortable at times, but it's not a bad thing. You know, I think back to the height of my drinking. I was Mr. Sociable. I was, I was out every night. I used to go out drinking with friends and colleagues every night. I was the life and soul, as they would say. And I was always laughing and joking, and then I'd get drunk, and I'd be rude and lewd, and I'd say cheeky, inappropriate things, and I'd make people laugh, and ha, 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 isn't Craig good fun? And I had a good time. But now, with a bit of maturity, my 49-year-old self looks back, and can I honestly say that I used my youthful, most vital years appropriately? You know, if you go back to my 20s and my 30s when my body could literally do anything I wanted it to do, I could do anything. Time was on my side. Any opportunity was mine if I wanted to work hard enough. I could, could have got it. Did I use all my runtime to make an amazing life and experience amazing things? No. I chose to use the best years of my life to drink a nasty, evil, poisonous anesthetic that turned me into a stupid, inappropriate zombie. Yeah, I was having fun. But do I look back now and go, well done, genius? No. I look back and go, what a waste. I'm 49 now. My knees hurt. My hip hurts. <laughs> there are so many things I can't do now because it's th that time is gone. So don't regret missing out on more drunken opportunities. Don't regret being stupid. You know, not being stupid, rather. Don't regret that opportunity to be stupid with other people. It's not a valuable use of your time. And time is so finite, isn't it? We have such a short time here to achieve what we want to achieve. Why spend a moment of it as a zombie, as a stupid zombie, so how do you enjoy events without drinking? Like everything else, it's a mindset. How do you enjoy going to parties without taking heroin? How do you enjoy going to parties without doing cocaine? The answer is because you don't believe at a subconscious level that you need heroin to have a good time. But would you agree with me? There are people out there, a lot of people out there that believe that is true. Do you accept that there are people who are saying, what, there's no heroin at your party? I'm not coming. It'll be shit. Of course there are. So this is all about mindset. This is all about belief structure. The only way a, a party can be boring because there's no alcohol is if you believe that to be the case. Right? The other thing about alcohol and, and, and socializing is a lot of people use alcohol as a social crutch. 
maybe they're shy, they're quiet, and alcohol makes them more gregarious and more likely to talk to people. Great. But all you're, using, all you're doing there is you're using a sticking plaster to cover up a problem rather than dealing with it. Wouldn't it be better to have the intelligence and the runtime and the awareness to work on that side of you, that shy, introverted side of you that finds it difficult to talk to people? Wouldn't it be great if you could do all that amazing stuff without having to take a highly addictive, cancer-forming drug? So... If you take away the drug and now you're left having to socialize sober, you got a choice. You can stay feeling uncomfortable or you can force yourself to grow as a person. You can become sociable by conditioning yourself with the clarity of a sober mind to be that person. By exposing yourself to your fears in a conscious way. By learning to be that confident, self-assured person that can have a good time at a party without taking a drug first. And it is possible because I've done it. So, look, Jennifer, pity party's over now, all right? Stop it. Put it in the past. Dust yourself down, start the course again, and we begin again. My advice to you is don't go socializing in drunken environments until you are solid in your belief structure, in your position that you do not want alcohol in your life anymore. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. If you have any questions you want me to answer, email me craig at craigbeck.com.